Amen. So I'm excited this morning. I won't, don't want to be with you long at all, but I do encourage you to pray because I am excited about what the Lord has given me this morning. Amen. So if you can take your Bibles and turn to 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 6, and I think I am going to start at verse 8. 2 Kings, which is after 1 Kings. I'm just saying, you know, some of us don't know. 2 Kings 6, verse 8. When you get this, say amen. Amen. And it says, Now the king of Aram was at war with the Israels. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. The man of God sent a word to the king of Israel, the man of God being Elisha. Beware of passing that place because the Armenians are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place and indicated by the man of God time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me, which one of us is on the side of the king of Israel? None of us, my lord king, they said, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back. He is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, no, my Lord. What shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open up his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. If we can go to one more book to Joshua. Chapter 1, verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Dear Heavenly Father, hide me behind your cross. Allow them to no longer see me, but to hear you. God, I've done the work. We know that you are in the building. We ask you right now to breathe on our hearts and our minds this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Look to your right, to your left. Grab your neighbor, shake a hand, squeeze their hand and say, neighbor. Say, neighbor, oh neighbor, don't be scared. Somebody else need to look to the other neighbor and say, neighbor, oh neighbor, don't be scared. Amen. That's it. That's all I got. 
That's the end of the sermon. That was the opening and the closing. Church has been benedicted. We can go home. Psychologists suggest that at birth, we are born with two innate fears. The fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Psychologists suggest that every other fear that you have in life, outside of those two fears, are usually subject to your environment. Two fears that we all are born with. Fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. But if we are born with only two fears, how come we fear so much? I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, fear of falling out of planes. I'm talking about the simple and the mundane. Some of us are scared of spiders. So some, some people just cringe just hearing that word. And I'm from a place well, we have real spiders in Florida. We've got banana spiders. And if you've ever walked into a banana spider web, you will spend the rest of your day looking like you are doing kung fu. <laughs> Many of us have fears. Some of us have fears of dogs. And some of us started out with a fear of the dark. And some of us, even as adults, have a fear of the dark. But if psychologists say you only are born with two fears, then these other fears have got to be environmental. Take a trip with me to meet a brother by the name of Elisha, not to be confused by his predecessor and mentor, Elijah. Elijah is a name that we oftentimes hear. He is one of the few Old Testament prophets that is also spoken of in the New Testament. Elijah was the one that some thought that that was who Jesus came to be. Couldn't have been a little bit further apart because Jesus told us to love our enemies. If you read the Bible about Elijah, he killed all of his. He did. Elijah transfers his mantle to Elisha. And don't get it twisted, Elisha was a bad boy in himself. It was Elisha that asked Elijah for a double portion of his ministry. Elisha had, had enough cockiness to say, I want what you have, but make it too. Elisha, that the Syrian commander, the very same army we're talking about, sent a commander a few chapters earlier, to be healed of leprosy, Elisha. Elisha, who was such a bad boy that even in death, they had buried him in a tomb. And a year later, they put another body in the same tomb and the body touched the very bones of Elijah and the guy was resurrected and got up again. That's a bad man. Elisha, who here shows us what does it mean to not be afraid. Find it interesting because when you read the story of Elijah and you realize that how powerful Elijah was, that Elijah found himself at times afraid. Seeing all that God had done, all that God could do, Elijah found himself afraid. 
But then we read about his mentee, Elijah, whose servant got up one morning because the king of Aram had decided to surround the city because God was blessing Elisha so that any time they tried to get the upper hand on Israel, God had already told Elisha what to tell the king. God had already told Elisha what to do in their time of trouble. I find that kind of interesting because sometimes we often talk about spiritual growth, but we need to talk about personal growth too. Because Spiritual growth is listening to God, but personal growth is putting what God said in action. Elisha walks out. His servant is afraid because the army has encamped all around them. And I can see Elisha walking out there and telling him, don't be afraid. I don't know about you and how many circumstances you found yourself standing up against and find yourself afraid. Why are we afraid? We're afraid because of different circumstances and conditions that have environmentally tweaked us to be afraid. When I think about the issues of slavery, I'm glad that some people decided not to be afraid. When you read about a sister by the name of Harriet Tubman and you realize and read the things that she went through and she was beaten so badly that her brain was never quite the same, but yet she did not let fear get the best of her. Because it had not been for a sister by the name of Harriet Tubman, we would not be talking about an underground railroad. I think about a brother by the name of Bayard Ruston. A name that you may not be familiar, but if you've ever heard about the March on Washington, just know it would not exist without a black homosexual brother by the name of Bayard Rustin deciding not to be afraid. I think about a brother by the name of James Reb, a white brother who was killed in the civil rights movement, who decided that he wanted to use his voice to be an ally instead of being silent which sometimes silence means complacency. So that can change you from an ally to an adversary very quickly. Thinking about how people did not let fear affect them. How fear ourselves will find us ways and it will paralyze you and keep you from doing the very thing that you want to do. Fear has kept a lot of us going mundane day in and day out to a job that you don't really care about. The fear of not being able to pay bills, the fear of losing your home, the fear of losing a house or a job, the, that's a real fear. Think about how fear will keep us incapacitated from everything else outside of us just had this opportunity to watch a show on Netflix called Beats. And if you haven't checked it out, you will. I won't tell you the whole story, but, but part of it was a fear that kept a mother from allowing her son to step out and grow. I, I, I don't think it was anything wrong with that fear. It's the same fear that every African-American parent has. It's the same fear that sometimes I well up inside of myself when I know I have to speak to my children about how to talk to a police officer. 
How I have to speak to my children sometimes and tell them you can't always be loud and have fun because somebody is going to interpret that the wrong way. Fear. I, I, I think it's a fear that we've all had when studying for that final exam in school after you have done everything you wasn't supposed to do and just praying, God, just let me remember just enough to get a seat. I know some of y'all ain't, ain't, ain't never had that prayer before. I see a hand in the back. Hey, hey Amen. I've, I've had that prayer. Lord, just let me remember just enough. But it is fear that can keep us from moving forward. I've had the opportunity to be able to speak to people that are entrepreneurs, and one of the things that always jumps out at me if they've decided to not allow that fear to cripple them. Now, my argument is, for some folk, that fear can be a 200-foot drop, and for some folk, that fear can be a 20,000-foot drop. Because depending on your economic circumstance is how far that drop may tumble you. But it is still fear the same. And I wrestled with this text the last few months because I've seen it and I've asked God, what is it you want me to say about fear? I always tell people, you know, God don't speak real nice to me like that all the time. I asked God, what is it that you want me to say? And he said, OJ, what about your fears? Your fears that are sometimes, eh, you know, I can make a good argument for it. But what about your fears? Eh, you know, God, I, I, I believe you can do it. But, I, 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 you know, I pray. But, I believe it, God, I'm going to just take this right turn because I know this direction. I don't know what's in front of me if I go straight. But fear can grip you, can keep you from moving. And sometimes it is just the basic fear of change, right? Sometimes you just don't want to move that sofa that's been sitting there for 20 years why? Because of fear. And I am wondering how does fear encapsulate us as a people? As Christians, how does fear tie into us? As Christians, sometimes fear gets us because we don't want to speak out about things that we know is wrong. And as I said, because we're silent, that leads to complicitness. And that silence can quickly turn you from an ally to an adversary. As Christians, we don't always even speak up to other Christians about the things that they say that's wrong. I, I, I had a brother tell me that cleanliness was next to godliness. And I said, you know that ain't in the Bible. Oh, yeah, 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 it is. All right, show me the scripture. I got 20 on it. Y'all know me. I'm down. But we have to move aside from fear. God tells Joshua 
Be courageous. Don't be afraid. When I Googled the word fear, a million things popped up. There is a fear for everything you could think of. There is a fear for all kinds of things, but these fears can keep us trapped in our spiritual homes and not allow us to move and know anyone. That, that spirit of fear can keep you from living the way you want to live. So fear, how do we defeat that fear? Well, I think Elisha does it best. Elisha just goes into prayer and says, God, open up his eyes. I, I don't know about you, but I think that's where I want to close that sermon right there because if God can just open up our eyes to see what God can do. I, I asked God, God, how do you open up eyes? And I had to realize, Eric, that sometimes opening up eyes is a little bit of a journey because the testimony you have at 35, you couldn't have had at 25. The testimony you have at 45 ain't going to be the same testimony that you have at 35. And if you keep on saying good morning, see, see the thing is, I, I love my older season saints. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all very, very much. Let me preface that there, right? But I, but I do have an issue sometimes, Eric, when everybody want to drown away all the gray. Because some of us young folk need to see that the gray is there for a reason. Some of us young folk need to be able to see that you, you've, you've accumulated that gray hair a little bit over time and that, and that it came with a few life choices and life lessons, right? That, that, that if, 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 if that gray hair had a little string on it, I should be able to see, oh, that gray hair with depression. Let me go over here and talk to that sister girl about what depression used to look like. Oh, let me, that, that gray hair right there was, was for that brother that, that lost the house. Let me go over here and tell him how he's still living his life even though he done been bankrupt. That, that gray hair right there was for somebody who was, had to fight their way through and they won. Let me, let me go over here and ask them for a few suggestions on what I need to do because sometimes we need to see the gray too. I, that's all. That's it. I told y'all I wasn't going to be here long. And I'm going to be good on my promise. But if I had to just tell you a few things, I just want to remind you because I would not be a Bible preacher if I didn't give you just a little bit of Bible. Romans 8 and 39 says, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things yet to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor principalities will separate you from the love of God. I don't know who needed to hear that this morning, but I'm hoping I just got one somebody here this morning. The psalm writer says, the Lord is with me and I will not be afraid. What can humans do to me? I, I don't know who needed to hear that, but I got another one. Psalm 23, who we like to say the Lord is my shepherd. But if you walk that verse a little bit longer, verse 4 says that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I, I, I don't know who I'm talking to, but I got, I got one more. Isaiah 41 and 10 says, uh, do not fear, for I am with you and I am your God. I don't know who needs to hear that this morning, but if you serve the God that is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, what you are scared of? If you serve a God that got you even when you don't know you need to be God, 
what you scared of. If you believe that you serve a God that can heal you, that can do what needs to be done, what are you scared of? That's it. That's all I got. I'm just here to tell somebody, don't be afraid. I'm just here to push somebody, don't be afraid. If you are ready to walk and step into whatever God has for you next, you can't be scared. If you are really ready and you really believe that what God has for you is for you, you can't be scared. If you really believe that you serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you can't be scared. And if you got some scaredy cats around you, you need to just tell them to go on. If you got some folk that's, that's going to give you every excuse in the book on why you should not do something, you need to tell them to go on. Because you just need a couple of cheerleaders in your camp. You just need a couple of people that say, baby, you got it. Baby, you can do it and you'll be the best that ever did it. I'm just here to tell somebody, don't be afraid.